0: Word Radio On Demand, 96.1 FM and 900 AM WURD, streaming live at wordradio.com.
1: I want to welcome to the program Mr. Wayne Ford, who was born in D.C., but has an extraordinary and illustrious uh, uh, career, including hosting the Concerned Citizens for Minority Affairs uh, in the great state of Iowa, um, he's been known as the voice of urban Iowans. He's also a former radio host. So he hosted his own radio program for a long time, but he also served in the state house, uh, uh, for, for, uh, years, actually, until his retirement in 2010. Again, this gentleman has accomplished so much. I can't even take the time to read through his bio because I want to get a chance to talk to him about what's going on in Iowa. And welcome to Evening Words, Mr. Wayne Ford. Thank you very much, Dr. Peterson. It's a, it's a pleasure to be on your show. It's a pleasure to have you here. So, so, so you know, I, I opened up the show talking about the headlines from the Iowa caucus and and and, you know, you know, Trump w- winning by, you know, a landslide, et cetera, et cetera. But I wanted to talk to you about your sense of what happened in the state of Iowa yesterday, but also about. The the, you know, I guess I don't know how to frame it exactly, but the declining of your invitation uh, for candidates to join a forum that you established, I think, back in 1976. And 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 since then, it has been uh, it has been required, you know, participation, essentially, for presidential candidates, just so that in the state of Iowa, which is not the most diverse state in the world, there was one place where presidential candidates could come through the form that you established to connect with people of color and and wrestle with the issues of people of color in that state and i just want to i'm going to be quiet in a second but the reason why that's so vital is because so long for so long i was been the first caucus or first primary state and it dictates so much about our presidential politics so 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 i'm i'm, I'm gonna shut up mr ford and let and let you 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 talk a little bit about what, enjoying, what you're seeing
2: i'm enjoying your energy um uh, although i'm from the inner city of washington dc I'm a baby boomer, but one Philadelphia story that I got to give you is that when I was about 14 years old, 13, I ran away from DC and I went to Philadelphia. What? And uh, I went to Germantown, and I, I was just me and my partner. We were by ourselves. We wanted to do some wrong, but then I went into a place and somebody said, "Young buck, you better get back home." <laughs> so uh, Philadelphia is always a place that I remember. And also as a young black man, mm-hmm. it was the first time in my life that I'd seen six police in a car because back there in the early 60s. When Roosevelt was there, mm-hmm. when, when the police got in the car, it was three in the front and three in the back. I've mm-hmm. never seen that in my life. So let mm. me give you a little Philadelphia story because you know I'm, I'm from Chocolate City. There you go. And uh, I played football back in the late '60s, so I got a football scholarship uh, to Rochester, Minnesota, Then I got a football scholarship to Drake back in the early '70s. Mm-hmm. So I was one of those brothers who stayed out in the hinterland, and and those accolades that you mentioned, just I give it, I get I get that all the God because I've been very very blessed. Thank but back president. to the political side of it. In 1984, I decided that because everybody was coming out here talking to people about being president, and most of that time before Jesse, it was just mostly, uh, you know, white people talking to white candidates out here in Iowa. Mm-hmm. And we were the number one state, as you know.
3: Mm-hmm. Well,
2: being being from Chocolate City and grew, growing up with a different type of dynamics, I recognized, well, wait a minute, let me change that. Mm-hmm. So in 19, uh, you know 1976, before I started DeBrom and Black, I invited all the president's attendants who was running for office at that time, Jimmy Carter, Birch Vice, Sergeant Stryver. You got to be a baby boomer to remember, to remember some of these names. But I invited them to come into a nightclub in the hood, the Samoan Zawa, to talk about their issues.
1: Yes, They did not come. They were scared. No. They were scared, they Brother Ford. They brother were scared. They scared. They yes. They
2: blew my mind. What they did was they sunk their surrogates. And mm-hmm. once they sunk their surrogates, I said, wait a minute. I got something. To so make a long story short, in 84, when Jesse ran, then I said, I went to the Latino community. said, Latino community, we're, we're small. Blacks are small. Latino community are small. Let's put something together. Mm. Jesse Jackson came to our forum in 1984. So did Walter Mondale and C-SPAN covered it. It was the first road to the White House. And as they say, the rest is history. Wow.
1: Wow, that's incredible work. And I love the I didn't understand this, but the really that partnership between the black and Latino community helped to give it the weight. And obviously, you're your imprimatur on the help to give it the weight to to bring folks there. So so and then I want to break this down a little bit. So so how, how does it how did you feel when you heard about the DNC saying that we're no longer going to. Uh, Come through Iowa first. How does? I mean, you still. I'm assuming. Well, there's not going to be a real primary contest on the Democratic side, but you will still host it whenever it comes through Iowa. But how did you feel when you, when you lost half of our bipartisan system as as as, with Iowa at the first state?
2: Well, being here and being a part of it and starting something that has national attention. That's why I'm on your show. You got to remember, I saw this almost 40 years ago. Wow. But what I saw was I saw an opportunity, Mm -hmm. and so I, I took advantage of the opportunity. And now we got a national program. But when the Democrats started backing away, but here's what they said, and I criticize Democrats, and let's not say that publicly. Mm -hmm. You can say, well, you wasn't open on the weekends, or you started the uh, caucus process at 7 o'clock at night. A lot of minorities are still working two jobs. You could have said, we could have said a lot of things, but to say the reason why you're leaving is we are too, we're too white. Well, I I, I tell people a couple of things. One thing is that we were too white, Obama would never have been president. Mm. Obama won Iowa. Mm. It's well documented that if he did not win Iowa, when nobody thought he had a hell of a chance, That's right. he would not became the president of the United States. That's right. He won, he, he, he won, he won that twice. Mm-hmm. And let, let's go back a little bit further. Jesse Jackson, I personally told him to don't put his office in rural Iowa. Jesse ran in 84. Mm-hmm. I said, Jesse, I'm, I'm out of D.C. I live in Des Moines. But this is still the Midwest. Don't put your office in rural Iowa. Jesse said, "Wayne, if I'm going to run for office, I was going through a, a farmer's a, a farm crisis. Mm-hmm. I got to run for all the people. I got to show everybody that I'm, I'm from everybody. Mm-hmm. He put his office in rural Iowa and came in third in 1984. Wow. So when the Democrats start playing the race card, that's the reason why they're going to South, Con- South, South Carolina. Carolina. That I did not
1: support because history does not support that." Mm. Hmm. Mm, mm. So, so let's talk a little bit about this cycle. Um, the there were four candidates. It, it was obviously uh, former President Trump, uh, Ron DeSantis, Nikki Haley, and um, uh, Vivek uh, Ramaswamy. Those are the four Republican candidates. And did you do you, you did your normally your normal invitation that you do every four years? Can you talk a little bit? What is that invitation process like? And what were the individual responses of those campaigns to your invitation in this cycle? Good question. As you can see, we got a lot of experience
2: doing this. That's We've been right. doing this for almost half a century. So what we do is about six months out. A lot of candidates been running. Sometimes you got twenty candidates running. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you only got two or three, like when Al Gore ran against, uh, you know, Bill Bush. Bradley. Mm-hmm. But okay. this time we started in the summertime, and we started sending invites out. There's many dinners that goes on here in the state of Iowa for Republicans. So we at the dinner, we put notices out. This is who we are. We're looking forward to getting some more information. Mm-hmm. Please think about us as you be, as, as you acclimate yourself to Iowa. So we started contacting candidates in the summertime. Mm-hmm. I started talking to Governor Reynolds in the summertime. Uh, Jeff Coffrey, the chair of the Republican Party, uh, uh, Ambassador Branch said, start, I started a dialogue with them in the summertime, mm-hmm. and earlier than that, letting mm-hmm. them know that we're still number one, you're still the first place they're going to see going to the White House, although the Democrats don't have it, but the Republicans have it and we are nonpartisan. That's right. Doc, my organization is nonpartisan, so they've been notified this summer. We sent letters out uh in August. We sent another le- uh, letter letters out in October. We called, we did all those two pillars. We did that. Mm-hmm. And 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 on the way by doing this doc, our twenty twenty uh uh presidential form won an Emmy Award. Wow. And I, and I did some research because I love Googling. I think we might be the first organization that ever won an Emmy Award for doing a President's uh, that, debate, incredible. Ice TV, and a company that's very close to me, because my son runs it. It's called Cashmere Agency located in Los Angeles, California. We won an Emmy Award. Incredible. So, you, so, by the way, we are Emmy Award winning <laughs> organization. <laughs> and so I feel so, man, I feel good. That's First, right. are going to say, why are we going to do on Martin Luther King's birthday? We're going to do the hour caucus right. on Martin Luther King's right. birthday. I'm saying, hey, man, this is the fifth whitest state. You're going to do that right on to you. So I'm feeling good. And as we got closer and closer, only one person committed. I'm going to give him credit. One person going to invite back to us and said he would confirm, and that was Ryan Brinkley.
1: Okay, and and so and so, how how are you interpreting the? I mean, I'm I'm, I'm assuming Trump never came to this anyway. Like, did Trump come in 2016 for this event?
2: Uh, no, I'm, Trump was not running in 2016 for this event.
1: So but so but for the 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 other candidates in on the Republican side, did they give you any reason why? Did they? Well, because, again, it is MLK Day that the Iowa caucus is on. So there's some irony there. But did they did they give what did they give regrets? Like, how how did they express the fact that they weren't coming?
2: Okay, well, this is the second time in 2016. You mentioned 2016. Right. Good question. That was the first time that we had the Republicans coming because that was the open year. So we had a Democratic right. caucus and a Republican caucus. Gotcha. The, the country knows that this is what we do. So the Democrats uh, was going to do it on one day and the Republicans was going to do it another day. Me, the governor, chairs of both parties, political leaders, uh, federal legislators, we were all at the state capitol. Mm-hmm. You can Google, you can see it. We had a big meeting and we were so excited that we, the first time we was going to do a Republican one and a Democratic one. Mm-hmm. Well, about a week out, we get a letter saying, wait a minute, Mr. Ford, we apologize, and, and Mary Campos is my co- co-chair that's going to give her, her credit, Mary mm-hmm. Campos, the last chino leader, she's my co-chair, but in 2016, we get a letter a week out saying, we apologize, we can't make it. So we, we went on and had the Democratic court, and we kept on moving, because right. we are non you know, and that's, that, right. and that's the reason why I did it, because I didn't want to get a hang-up on Republican and Democrat. Mm-hmm. We do this for everybody. So this was
1: the second time that they chose not to do it. Wow. And so that, so, okay, that, 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 that helps me out a little bit. I'm, I'm, for folks just tuning in, I'm speaking with, with Wayne Ford and Mr. Ford is a giant in the state of Iowa, served in this, in the state house and has been running essentially the, the black and Latino forum for presidential candidates for the last four decades. And, and we're, and we're talking about, what happened in this particular cycle where um, some of the Republican candidates uh, uh, did not RSVP or show up? Mr. Ford, how, so let's let's do some Monday morning quarterbacking now. Right. So we ha- you had the caucuses yesterday. How now how do you interpret where where this where this stands? What What's you know, what are your takeaways from yesterday's contest, but also from the fact that, uh, you know, the form didn't go as planned this year?
2: Well, again, the weather was cold, but this is, well, this was not the first one. We've done ones that were cold. Mm-hmm. Everybody was talking about, you know, uh, well, really, we, we we were going for second place because, you know, former President Trump was going to win. He was going to win by the largest mo- margin ever. Mm-hmm. All the polls were saying that. But a couple of things that some of the uh, Republican candidates criticized ABC News and others or uh, uh, associate press or one of the organizations because they said you announced too early. Within fifteen twenty minutes, you announced even those who are still making up their minds. I, I, I saw, who are thinking, I
1: saw Mr. Ford. I saw that as well. They announced, they announced it for Trump with about six, four, five, six percent of the vote in. Right, right. Now that has
2: never hurt me. I mean, I've been doing this since seventy six. That has never happened before. Wow. But what has so happened is, and I'm gonna give you and the media and all of y'all of all these polls, and we're going to talk about polls here because i got something to tell you about these polls. But all the polls, everything was coming. I mean, people in people in Australia who don't even care about us per se, some people knew that Trump was going to win. I mean, so I've never seen a world win. I've never seen these many polls, poll after poll after poll. Mm. Now, that said was, I called it, you know, coming from the hood, he was, D, he, he was DOA, dead on arrival. <laughs> so, you know, the bottom line is, uh, nobody even had a chance. They were fighting for second place. So mm. again, it happened, and it happened pretty quickly. And it, it, there was no surprises. And then the second place,
1: Mr. Ford, uh, just, just, so, Mr. The, Ford, I was, I'm sorry to interrupt, but just so our listeners can understand, can you speak specifically about why, if if the media did call this early, at least at least by the data, it looks like they called it really early. Explain why that impacts a caucus differently than it does other uh, democratic processes.
2: Okay, well, the caucus is a three-hour process. It mm-hmm. starts
1: at seven o'clock.
2: I think it goes to ten or nine, but it's a two or three-hour process. People get there, and and you get you go into a room and you kind of debate on what camp you want to get into. It's it's really a situation that it's it's the American system. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I want you to agree with me. If you don't agree with me, then get your behind over there and get get into a different camp. <laughs> it's the things we do playing football. You know, I mean, if you with me or you ain't. Mm-hmm. I mean, so it's a process. So when people started hearing so early, I'm getting in my car and I'm getting ready to come down because you can come down and sign in during that duration. Then when you, be, when you get in your car, and you turn on, mm-hmm. uh, Trump is already won. Number one is if I was on my way, wow. I'm going to go back home because he's already won. If I was thinking about going, well, he's already won. All those doubts. If I was thinking about voting for somebody else, I'm going to say, well, what the hell? Wow. So you got all those scenarios going on. And this is the earliest I think this has ever happened when they call this so early like that. So again, it's not a one minute thing when you go through. It's a process. Mm -hmm. And that process in the end, you can start out with one camp when you come in and end up in another camp within two hours. That's why it was important.
1: Wow. Wow, thank thank you for that explanation. So 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 now, as you, I, I think we're off to New Hampshire next 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 week. Um, obviously, and and I'm still, I'll be honest with you, Mister Ford. I'm just I'm stunned by because I noticed last night the early call, but stunned by your interpretation of it as something that seems a little bit un unusual in the context of Iowa. Uh, politics, but as you as you look ahead in this in this presidential cycle, and I know you represent a nonpartisan entity, but as you look ahead, talk a little bit about what the stakes are from your perspective. I mean, you know, there are some folks who are saying democracy itself is at is at is at stake here, and obviously, if the fourth estate is making a call unusually early uh, for 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 one one particular candidate and that shapes the caucus progress, that's unfortunate. But but I'm I'm curious as to how, one, how, how you, from the perspective of the co chair of the forum, are looking at presidential politics, but also how you, as an individual, are looking at this this presidential election uh, in 2024.
2: Well, I just want to give you a little history about our, because sometimes people have the wrong opinion of our. Mm-hmm. When, when, when President Obama won, we we was red, then we became purple. Mm-hmm. So, so, we, we, so you know, and remember, as a black man running for president, and, and, and we were the first gatekeeper. Now, mm-hmm. no one threw the race card up. No one said because everybody assumed he wouldn't even come in third. Mm. Jesse ran before Al Sharpton ran before.
3: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you know,
2: I mean, this is what I do. So it wasn't it wasn't the first half, but nobody took it serious. Nobody mm-hmm. took uh, uh, Senator Obama serious,
3: mm-hmm. but he
2: won. Mm-hmm. And so, if the and some of those same white people who voted for uh, President Obama are some of the same white people who voted for Trump. Wow. So again, the less, before I go on to your question, mm-hmm. let's talk about the power of polling. I've been watching polling since I was a young man.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And I've been, I've been here watching polling for years. Mm-hmm. And sometimes polling can hit you so many times, you know what I mean? You think, my God, I got to go with that because the polls say this, the polls say that. Wow. But what I wanted to do, and I'm starting it now with the school that I'm working with my Howard University mm-hmm. in my hometown of Washington, D.C. I'm working with their department, because we are looking at it. They already got a polling department going on. But I was saying this, because I've, I've been saying this for a while, if you're going to you know, you, 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 you evaluate people and say who's doing what, if you're going to say 20% of black people, 20% of black people uh, of are joining the Republican Party, mm-hmm. and you can't tell me why, you can't answer the second, third, or fourth, or fifth question you you got Republicans coming to the state of Iowa. They're not even going into the inner city. Yes, we got the inner city in the morning. one that? time Iowa was number one in the incarceration of black men. So mm. don't let that perception where we just a white state. We got the same challenge here that you got in North Philly. But mm. so the bottom line is, is that, is that perception. So we thinking that I'm going to Howard and saying, you know what? Let a minority entity work with a minority organization like the Brown and Black, and let us do our own polling of our own people so yes. we can have some information going out there to know why Trump is, is getting all these minority because right now you can't even tell
1: me why I, I so cannot I cannot Mr. Yet. Ford I have to take a break will you hold I want to hold you on for another segment if you don't mind because I want to talk a little bit more about polling and then get your your sense about what's at stake in terms of democracy in this next election but we do have to take a quick break is that okay No problem. You're listening to Evening Words. I'm your host, Dr. James Peterson. We are live on WRD, 900 AM, 96.1 FM. We're in deep conversation with Brother Wayne Ward Ford, who's an extraordinary political in the state of Iowa. Long list of accomplishments I can't get through here, but we'll be back in conversation with him when we come back from these messages.
0: WURD is celebrating the life and legacy of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. in his own words.
4: I accept the Nobel Prize for peace at a moment when 22 million Negroes of the United States are engaged in a creative battle to end the long night of racial injustice. I accept this award on behalf of a civil rights movement which is moving with determination. I'm mindful that only yesterday in Birmingham, Alabama, our children crying out for brotherhood were answered with fire hoses, snarling dogs, and even death. I am mindful that only yesterday in Philadelphia, Mississippi, young people seeking to secure the right to vote were brutalized and murdered. I am mindful that debilitating and grinding poverty afflicts my people and chains them to the lowest rung of the economic ladder. Therefore, I must ask why this prize is awarded to a movement which is beleaguered and committed to unrelenting struggle, to a movement which has not yet won the very peace and brotherhood, which is the essence of the Nobel Prize.
0: This Martin Luther King vignette was brought to you by Comcast, the Pennsylvania Lottery, PICO, Keystone First, and the Philadelphia Water Department. Don't forget to join Word Radio this Monday, January 15th, as we continue to celebrate the life and legacy of Dr. Martin Luther King, Jr.,
3: Approximately every two hours, one Pennsylvanian dies from a drug overdose. These are loved ones, mothers, brothers, grandparents, children, and friends. You never know when you may come across someone experiencing an overdose. Every second counts, and you can save a life by administering naloxone. Learn how to get naloxone by visiting pa.gov backslash opioids.
0: Paid for with Pennsylvania taxpayer dollars. What kind of help does the IRS have for identity theft victims? If you
1: suspect you're a victim of tax-related identity theft, go to irs.gov slash identity theft to learn how to prevent potential refund fraud and protect your tax account. At the IRS, combating tax-related identity theft is a top priority, and we are committed to prevention, detection, and assisting victims, and we're working with law enforcement to catch the criminals. For more info, go to irs.gov slash identity theft to learn what the IRS is doing to help
0: protect you. And now back to Evening Words with Dr. James Peterson on WURD, Progressive Black Talk Media.
1: Welcome back to Evening Words. I'm your host, Dr. James Peterson. We are live on WRD 900 AM, 96.1 FM. We are deep in conversation with Brother Wayne Ward Ford, uh, originally from Washington, D.C., a standout football student athlete uh, uh in different states in the Midwest, and also The founder and co-chair of the nonpartisan Brown and Black Presidential Forum, the Emmy Award winning Brown and Black Presidential Forum, Brother Ford. Uh, Welcome back to the program. So I, so we're, I, I, before we get to sort of your predictions and thinking about the electoral cycle, I, I want to slow down and make sure that we put a period on this polling piece, because this is really important to me, which is that the way that polls are conducted currently, sometimes we're not getting enough information. Sometimes we're not getting the right information. And oftentimes they're persuading voters in ways that are inconsistent with the data collected in the polls. Right. Is that is that a good summary of what you of what you're saying about 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 the polling process in the United States? Uh,
2: yes, sir. Yes. sir. Yes. Doc, you're, you're right on it, Doc. I mean, it, it, ever since I was young, I mean, you know, uh Ivory Soap. I mean, I'm looking at TV and I see Ivory Soap, or I see Angel Cake, and I'm thinking about God. And I see Devil Cake, and I think about evil. Mm. I mean, you you do know, uh, you know, that the mind can the mind can work tricks on you. So the bottom line is, we've been here for a long time. I mean, the the most votes that any Latinos and Blacks ever gave was. President Bush, the, the, the second Bush, he had mm-hmm. the most Black Latino votes. He had eight percent on the Republican side. On the
1: Republican side. On
2: the Republican side. Yes. So it's unheard of for a a, a white a, a politician to get ten, twelve, twenty percent. Mm-hmm. They're estimating now. Right now, the increase has been 20% in black and brown people. You see the articles. Mm-hmm. And, but I look for the third, fourth, fifth question. to Get ready for this, Doc. Here's what I see. I see the polling organization. 99% is a white polling organization, whether it's a news station or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then here's something that, that I've been following. I'm, I'm kind of good at this. They ask two questions. They don't ask the third, fourth, and fifth. And then they make assessments. So when I came up and said, Howard University, who's already got a polling department, mm-hmm. and, and maybe Temple got one in there, your great City of Philly. But the bottom line is this Howard University, who's already working on this, said, Hey, you know what? You got an entity. I got an entity. You, you well known. So am I. Mm-hmm. Let's think, think this through. Minorities need to have the entities that are doing polling for themselves and, right. and, and polling assessments. And you know, as a PhD, how important that is.
1: That is. And, and, and so, and so I just want to say publicly here, Brother Ford, one, I am open and available to assist you in that effort. And and number two, I hope you will come back on these airwaves and talk about the progress of that partnership with you and Howard University to develop a polling system that is more inclusive and more representative of what actually people actually think about these processes. Because I didn't have the data until you came on here and shared it with us. But my sense about polling was just that. My sense about polling was, 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 was just that. So we only have a couple of minutes left here. Let's, let's, I want, I want your, I want your wise and sage political insight about this presidential election. Because is it, is it hyperbole when people are saying democracy is hanging in the balance? Or, you know, I, I'm curious as to how you see it. I mean, let's set aside the polling stuff. Cause I think it's been a problem for a long time, even though I think good we need to do some, we need to do some detective work about the, the call last night. But, but let's, let's look forward. What, what, what do you think is at stake in this presidential election?
2: Well, I think democracy is at state, but we are a democracy. When we say we the people, we know by now that we wasn't talking about minorities. We know by now we wasn't talking about females back then. Mm-hmm. The people were white males. Mm-hmm. But still we have evolved from that statement of we the people to where we are now to have a black presence. Mm-hmm. So uh, I'm not going to use a little small party of history to negate all the things. My father was a buffalo soldier. Mm. He fought in World War II. The movie that Spike Lee made about World War II, that was about my father fighting in Italy. Mm. And I'm sure... My father would turn over in his grave if he recognized that what he fought for and many fought for, even coming back home, knowing that he would be called the N-word, even going back to North Carolina, knowing he couldn't get an opportunity, he fought for this country. So now I, I got to give us, I'm not going to say it's that easy because mm. I'm going to say history shows me. Through all the history shows me, democracy is democracy, and the, the best thing you can do. if somebody say, "What's the best thing you can do? What's the great equalizer?" You notice, know than anybody, get an education. Mm. I was voted least likely to succeed in life by my high school class of a one thousand seniors. Wayne Ford, at seventeen, at Baloo <laughs> High School in Washington D.C., Incredible. was voted least likely to succeed Incredible. in life. So it's the it's the will of the people. If we vote, we can call our own destiny.
1: Mm, 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 mm. Mr. Wayne Ward Ford, thank you so much for joining us here this evening. And I'm sure I, I got your contact info, I got your contact info now, brother Ford. So I will be asking you to join this program, and I am serious. I want to figure out a way to support the work that you're doing in partnership with Howard University around around polling. To me, that is it's so key uh, to to, to how we move forward and if we're able to move forward. But I just really appreciate you giving up so much of your time to be on these airwaves with me to talk about these critical issues. Thank you, good brother.